welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we are continuing the trend of having amazing educators and in particular YouTube educators and content creators on the show. Today, the special guest is Diana Cowern, who is the creator of a really popular YouTube channel called Physics Girl. Uh, Physics Girl is all about physics and sharing science with everybody out there and trying to generate interest, which is amazing and super cool. So a little bit about Diana. Diana, she's the creator of Physics Girl, and she researched dark matter with Professor Jocelyn Monroe as an undergraduate at MIT. Uh, And she even went on to intern at GE, and she's got an interest in computer science and programming as well. She eventually started Physics Girl, which now has nearly 1 million subscribers. It's getting up there. It's getting pretty close. (laughs) <laughs> She's got great content, great material. She's amazing on camera. So I'm very excited to have her. Without further ado, Diana, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm not used to hearing my bio 100% correct and my name 100% correct. So that, <laughs> that was yeah. great. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Okay. So Diana, tell us a little bit about, before we even get into Physics Girl, tell us about your ba- your background, your educational background and what got you interested in science. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got, you know, you got a lot of, of the details of after school, but I studied physics at MIT. I did my undergraduate degree there with a focus in electrical engineering. So I was all over the place, you know, as, as far as my interests, um, that was my way of, of getting two interests, uh, in while I was studying, I did my physics degree, but I focused in engineering so that I could take all the classes. Um, and meanwhile I was taking classes in neuroscience and, and in mechanical engineering. I, so I love, I liked physics, but I really just had an interest in just anything to do with math and science. I was one of those kids that was like, give me anything that's kind of like problem solving and I want to do it. It's a challenge. Um, and then physics just sort of one above the others. Physics was the subject that answered all of my deepest questions about the world. And of course, you know, I liked making things as an engineer and I liked learning about electronics, but I really just wanted to learn about the world. And that's what physics allowed me to do. Let's talk a little bit about math because math is a big area of passion of mine. It's really the center of everything that I do right now. What when did you first start to realize that you liked quote unquote math as kind of a, a broad name for a lot of different things? But when did you first feel that draw towards math and and what you know what was the impetus? Oh man, um, I feel like I it was going pretty far back. Like even back into third grade. Uh, I remember I was homeschooled just one year, one year in third grade, I guess we gave up pretty quickly, but I was homeschooled 
um, in third grade and my sister was in fourth. So I was doing her curriculum. My mom was lazy, I guess, <laughs> or was like, I don't know, you can do it. So I was doing her fourth grade curriculum in third grade. And I think that was the first year that I skipped ahead being like, oh yeah, this is easy. I like this. I like these puzzles and coming up with like a, a trick for multiplying by fives. I remember telling my parents, oh, look, like, look at the pattern. Like if you just cut the number in half, like, like 20, you cut it down to 10 and then add a zero at the end, you got a hundred. That's multiplying by five. My parents were like, Oh, uh, yeah, we never seen that trick before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like even back then I was like, wow, look at these patterns. This is so cool. And I remember that all going all the way back to third grade. Very cool. So, and tell us like, I'm always trying to preach about the importance of math or the, the connections that it has to the, to the world or really, I mean, it is a reflection of the world. Uh, tell us about how that played into or how it's played into your physics education or, or your undergraduate education. Oh, gosh. I mean, math is is everything in physics. It's like physics is like um, physics is like a framework to ask the questions and give you a good way to answer them. And then math is like the only tool that you need. <laughs> so without math, you wouldn't be able to do most physics. Um, so we needed a ton of calculus and differential equations and multivariable calculus and even some linear algebra for all of my classes at MIT. Um, I, I thought that maybe I would become a math major, but by the time I got to linear algebra and some of the more, uh, um, the math that didn't seem quite as applicable. I think that's when I was like, okay, this isn't for me anymore. I loved math, but really physics was where it took the math at the level I was, I was happy with and was like, I can stop here and be okay. Not learning any more math. And then it applied it and and started answering my questions. So math was key. Yeah. That was very similar to me too. I I was a math major and then I switched majors eventually once I got to the, the, I think those are like the 400 level classes, but I eventually switched into, into (laughs) computer science. And I know that you have some background in computer science or programming. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. And I can totally see that switch happening because, because going from math to computer science, you're still doing the same kind of logical problem solving writing up an algorithm and you're having to do things step by step in a logical manner. That's how you write a program. So as part of the, um, the background to, uh, to get, I guess the experience that I needed to do the electrical engineering part of my degree, I needed to take a bunch of programming classes because MIT lumped together computer science and electrical engineering in the same major. And they had versions of it where you would either focus more on computer science or more on electrical engineering, but they really were the same major. So I took a bunch of coding classes. Um, I tried to jump right into like the, the intro electrical engineering, computer science class, but, but like I had never coded before and I had to drop back and just take like the beginning Python course, like intro to programming. And I fell in love with it. I was like, this is so freaking cool. You can just like program a robot to go follow a light sensor. Um, they had all the hardware set up so that we could do really cool projects right off the bat. We just had to write the code. And, uh, I thought it was the coolest thing. So I, I did a lot of coding classes and then got a job, my first job out of college. Well, I did a little bit of research in physics first, but but then my first like industry job out of college was working as a software engineer. 
That was very cool. And then at what point did you decide that you wanted to try and make a educational video about physics on YouTube? I think your first video, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, your first video had something to do, or one of your earlier videos had something to do with how to use a physics degree in the real world. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. I didn't initially start this YouTube channel thinking one, that it would be a YouTube channel and two, that it would be like educational. It would be about physics. Uh, I started it kind of as just a way to blow off steam after my degree and feeling like I didn't know what to do with my life. I had just gone through this like incredibly hard experience getting a degree in physics. Uh, and I didn't know what to do with the degree. I was like, I don't have any practical skills now. What, like, what, what do I actually do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I made this very tongue in cheek video about like standing on my degree, trying to reach a higher shelf, like actually sending on the physical diploma or trying to row about with the degree. <laughs> so, uh, so that wasn't the, the initial idea of the channel, but, but I had always had a bit of a passion for science communication. And at some point the channel morphed into these science videos. And I, I thought of it a bit at that point as like, okay, I'm going to get some practice making videos. This could maybe be like my sizzle reel. It'll be like my resume. If I ever want to apply for jobs, making documentaries or working on science TV shows. And I never, I never thought that this would like take off and be the, be the thing. It wouldn't be like, I thought I'd be working for somebody else, (laughs) but I'm, I'm very thankful that it did. This is great. And, and when did you start physics girl? I started it. The first videos were in 2012 and then I really started sort of putting effort into making it a channel in about 2014. 2014. Got it. And right now, what is your rough goal as far as content per week or per month? Uh, so I've, I work with PBS currently and so they are the sponsors of physics girl of the channel. So I'm, I'm currently under the umbrella of PBS digital studios. Um, that has they have a ton of other educational shows as well in science and in um, art and in a few other areas. But uh, I, with them, we have a contract this year for twenty four videos a year, so it comes out to be like a video every two weeks. Got it. And when you create these videos, then do you have access to their? Do they assist you, or are you creating them more with your own separate design team? Yeah, I've got my own team. Yeah, so they they give the budget, and then I've got um, I've got my own editor, and I have an animator, and then now I have like a I call her the operations manager. <laughs> so she does a lot of help, like coordinating other requests that come in outside of YouTube, like for example, podcasts, <laughs> things like that, or talks, and and uh, and helps a little bit with production. Cool. So tell us about your experience now creating all this content for since 2012, like what has your experience been interacting with the students or even probably adults that watch your channel and learn from it and and probably respond back and talk to you about that learning? Um, uh, sorry, the question is just like, what has the experience been? What has it been like, you know, what have people said to you about their experience engaging with your content and, and being able to learn from it? Oh yeah. I've gotten some amazing feedback. Uh, I, you know, you don't really start channels thinking about like, Oh, what relationships will I build from making videos on the internet or what people will I affect and (laughs) whose lives will I change? That's just not something that you think will happen. But, um, but I've gotten some amazing responses from teachers who have reached out and either, you know, send 
like thank yous from their students or want to do like a Skype chat or something, um, or students who have reached out. Um, I had a student here in San Diego that recently, um, organized a school visit. I don't do a lot of those because I don't, I don't like to travel for them, but it was, (laughs) it was about 10 minutes from my house. So I'll I'll go for that. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a big fan and he was like, please, please come visit our school. Um, and then just parents who've been like, Hey, my kids, we're not feeling science. They weren't into physics. And especially my daughter is really enjoying your videos and wants to do science with her friends at like little girls clubs now. And, and like thanking me for this thing that I'm just doing for fun. But I, but I'm so appreciative, you know, that it's reaching people and affecting the way that they view science at the, at the very minimum. See, what's probably really special too about your channel is, I mean, the fact that the fact that it's you're you're so passionate about it, and you're a woman, which is which is extra which is extra amazing. If you th- we we do a lot of female empowerment uh, uh, programs and initiatives at the school where I teach at, and you have this terrible stereotype. My sister, by the way, she went to MIT too, but you and she oh, awesome. she, she loved math. She was she ended up doing I think chemical chemical engineering, and Fantastic. she she Good for her. she loved all that stuff. But you you see the I mean you see just the way. I mean I'm sure you've experienced it uh, many times, but yeah, all these stereotypes that where I think girls may not feel as comfortable in that realm because it, it, there's a lot of, you know, it's just the stereotypes of guys being in that more so. And so fa- having somebody like you uh, front and center proclaiming your love for these subjects, I'm sure that <laughs> right. must do, I'm sure that must be really powerful for a lot of girls. Like, I mean, can you talk about that? Have you had any female students or female parents reach out to you and comment on that aspect? Yeah, I definitely have. And, and, you know, I, I was really fortunate in my experience. Like you hear of all these, even now I've had, uh, I've had some undergraduate, um, women in physics come to me and tell me, you know, I almost didn't do physics because I had a guidance counselor or a teacher that said, girls are, can't do physics or you're not good enough at math. You should shouldn't pursue physics, which is something you would never say to a kid, like let alone a girl who's already, um, fighting the, the other stereotypes from other aspects of their lives, like the media. So, uh, so it's really frustrating to hear that, but I didn't have that experience. Fortunately, I had an incredible, uh, female physics teacher in high school, which is unusual. And then I had two female PIs in research when I was in undergrad, um, both amazing, inspirational, just awesome women. And, and so what I'm hoping to do is, is like be that role model for some girls who might not have that in their own community. And it's, it's definitely seemed like it's reached some young girls out there. I mean, I've gotten, you know, the, whether it's just an email that's like, thank you, my daughter's really loving your videos, or it's an email from a teacher that's like, I was able to use your videos as a conversation starter with my students who are in fifth grade and had never seen like the girl, quote unquote, as the scientist in the videos. They were watching a video of mine where um, where my boyfriend was assisting and they were like, why isn't he talking? Like, why is he the assistant? And she's like, oh man, like they've never seen a video where it wasn't the male scientist with a female assistant. And so she had to explain, you know, she's the scientist, she's the host. So, so it was cool to be even just the, the spark for that kind of conversation. Right. Awesome. Very cool. And what about, uh, in terms of, have there been any schools that you've heard from? I know you mentioned teachers that have written to you or spoken with you about loving your material, but have there been any schools 
that you know of that have now taken some of your videos and ingrained them into the curriculum or want to ingrain them into the curriculum? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know that I would use the word ingrained <laughs> more like maybe let's say rebel teachers that show my videos <laughs> in their classrooms. Um, but I have gotten a lot of feedback. Yeah. Where, where teachers will tell me that they either end the lesson with one of our videos. And I say are, because you know, there are a ton of other amazing science communicators on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically it's not like I only show your videos. It's like, you know, I show some from Vsauce or Veritasium or your channel or Braincraft. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these other amazing channels. Uh, so they'll start the, start the lesson with one of our videos and use it as a spark or then they'll end it just some way incorporate it into the curriculum, but not, not as like an official, okay, physics, we're teaching a lesson around this physics girl video, (laughs) not officially. Have you done any cool or notable collaborations with, I know you mentioned, uh, Vsauce or Veritasium. We had Derek on the podcast recently too. Have you done any notable collaborations that you want to talk about? Yeah, I've, I've worked with a lot of those guys. Um, not as many of the women because there aren't as many. Um, although I have collaborated with Simone Yetch, who uh, she's a roboticist and makes hilarious comedy videos about robots that don't function properly. Okay. <laughs> and so I've collaborated with her on some some things that we've built. I've worked with Derek. We did a video about how to how to calculate pi using darts, throwing th- darts at a dartboard. Oh, cool! Um, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was on Vsauce, Michael Stevens new YouTube bread series. So I was up there and he put me in a little like brain cap and did an interview. (laughs) So, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of different collaborations with the YouTubers over the years. It's been fun. Very cool. What is your advice working with all these people, having the feedback you've had and having this channel be as successful as as it is? If a parent is listening to this and they're struggling to get their kids excited about science in general or some of these other concepts related to physics, math, etc., where would you point them uh, in a general sense? I mean, you know, wh- what is what is your general advice as far as trying to get a spark going and trying to get some interest, some interest brewing? Oh, you know, it's different. I think for every student. Um, some of them love reading, some of them love puzzles, some of them love books, but a a lot of kids really just like getting dirty and getting their hands in the experiment. You know, you're sitting around and like, if you, if, if you ask your kids, like, do you guys want to blow something up or do you want to make a volcano or something like that? That's when they're going to be like, um, they're not going to say, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm, I'm in here reading my book. They'd be like, yeah, I want to, I totally want to go for it. Um, I want to get hands on. So, so that's what I would suggest is there's a ton of resources online. Um, I've thought about collecting my own, but like it would get lost in the Google swamp of, <laughs> of resources that are already available for hands-on experiments with kids that are done with materials at home. So, that, so it's like, that's such an easy starting place. You can already use things you have at home, like candles and baking soda and vinegar and, um, and do some experiments at home and get kids asking their own questions. I think that's the best way. That's, yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. Give me, give me one exam. Give me one experiment that pops in your head that you think is especially notable uh, for for starting that process, or some you know something that's really cool that you, that you think would be a great starting point. Yeah, I, I sort of already gave it away with the materials that I listed just there. But if you do um, the little sort of baking soda and vinegar. 
uh, reaction, then you'll get the gas that it collects is CO2 and it'll stay in the cup because it's heavier, it's it's more dense than air. So you can then pour the CO2 gas into another cup. Uh, it looks like you're pouring nothing, but you you literally can just pour the gas into another cup and then pour that gas in that cup onto a candle flame and it'll put the candle flame out. Okay, it's cool. Pretty awesome. I think I've done that. I think that sounds familiar from when I was in sixth grade or eighth grade or something like that. Yeah. That's a fun one. All right. Very cool. And tell us, lastly, where do you see – what is your plans for the next two years, five years? Where do you see Physics Girl going and the Physics Girl team working towards? Oh, that's such a great question. I have so many ideas but nothing set in stone. Um, I would love to potentially get another host or something, maybe like another – awesome woman in physics, um, to, to do more sort of space stuff. I would love to maybe write a book someday about experiments and hands-on stuff for parents and kids. Um, I just, I want to keep creating educational media in some form, but I want to, I definitely want to keep, um, featuring scientists. So I want to start like an official series featuring scientists on the channel and their research. So all over the place, couldn't say what's going to happen next, but I've got ideas. You're just like me. That's the exact same thing. All those things are (laughs) in my, uh, floating around in my head as well for this summer as well. A book is definitely one of them. All right. awesome. Awesome. And if people, if people want to go check out your material, I know you have a, a, in addition to your YouTube channel, you have a website. So what can you give, give us all the URLs and all the information for, for where people can learn more about you? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so my YouTube channel is called physics girl. So it's youtube.com slash physics girl. Uh, that will come up if, if you just Google physics girl or physics girl, YouTube. Um, and then, the rest of the stuff I do, I don't have a whole lot on my website. I think it's probably more my, uh, my bio, but, <laughs> but that's physicsgirl.org. And then the rest of the social media sites, I'm at the physics girl at physics girl. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So guys make sure to check out physics girl, go to that YouTube channel and click subscribe. Cause she's very close to hitting a million subscribers. So we want to <laughs> make sure to put her over that mark. Uh, and <laughs> if you did not hear any of that info, well, it's a podcast, so you can rewind and check it out. But if you don't want to do that, go to our website and all the info will be in the write-up. Just go to scalarlearning.com and to the podcast section and there you will see it there. And as well, if you haven't, make sure to go to our YouTube channel and check us out every Wednesday. We have a weekly live stream for SAT material straight from Khan Academy where I solve five problems live. So make sure to check that out if you're preparing for the SAT. And we got new math music videos coming out. Next one is on imaginary numbers. Should be out very shortly. Uh, and I'll definitely check that out. We got a bunch of new stuff coming out this summer. Make sure to check us out on Instagram as well at Scalar Learning. Thank you guys so much for joining. And I'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Scalar Learning, give me that skill. Learning, skill.